yeah, so I'm, I'm on the phone with, uh, with my friend Danny Harvey from back in Nova Scotia. Uh, I grew Yo. up with Dan. I knew him, I think, I guess since I was born, right? Mm. Yeah, we were like, we go way back. Like we yeah. lived in the Sherwood, Sherwood Drive in the co-op. Yeah, yeah. co-op, co-op housing. Grew yeah. Up, uh, <laughs> fucking... Our parents were pretty much rich, like both of our parents. So yeah, like you know. you, that's where that's where most rich rich people end up is in the co-op housing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. We but, had a, we had a pretty luxurious life. Yeah, but a great childhood. I mean, we grew up right beside the woods and uh, spent a lot of time fucking around in the woods, like building forts and playing dumb games. And remember, there was that hermit yeah. that lived in the woods. A what? <laughs> we thought that there was a hermit that lived in the woods because we found like an old fucking <laughs> yeah. stove. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I, I I'm pretty sure there was at one point. I'm sure. Or it could have been. Or it could have been some teenagers, you know, making a uh, a drinking fort. Fucking teenagers, always. That's that's probably like the the more likely. Most likely, uh, like we we grew yeah. up in a, a small town in Nova Scotia called Picto, and um, like when you think about like like the weird places that you just find to consume alcohol as a kid, like I remember one time, oh. I, don't, I don't think you were there, but a group of us went out to like an open field and just took like a fucking piece of plywood that we found and just like. When the grass was really tall, we just flattened the grass and just drank in a flattened out circle, like a crop circle. Of course. Yeah. I also remember partying. What else are you going to do? Right? Just fucking get alcohol yeah. poisoning. Um, we, yeah. You know, you, it's one of those towns where you just like, it's, you go to the most popular like uh, wooded area where people constantly are jogging and running and stuff. And that's where you drink. Yeah. You know? as, so you as, could, as literal you never get caught. Never, right? I actually remember one time your wife uh, had a party, a fucking rager of a party, and she was just babysitting at a house. (laughs) Like, full on, like, think like fucking 70 drunk, like drunk children. Could you imagine if right now you came home and your son, (laughs) who's what, 13? Yeah. So about the same time, yeah. maybe fourteen, come yeah. home and there is the babysitter that you hired to also watch your child <laughs> is throwing a fucking. And there's a hundred people in the house. Yeah, wild yeah. party. And meanwhile, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't even fucking imagine. Like I don't even know what I do. Oh yeah, it wouldn't be good. No, like the, there'd be one part of me that would be want to laugh, and then there'd be the other part of me that'd be like, "What the fuck?" Because like you could get in so imagine like going to jail because you hosted a party, but you were out like just out for a drink with your wife. Oh yeah, crazy! It's like great, you facilitated a bunch of drunk literal toddlers to just do whatever. Kids in your bed and shit. Couldn't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But it happened. It happened though, man. Like yeah, your wife gone. threw the party. I remember that. <laughs> like I, I remember. Also, his wife, my cousin, small town. Um, oh yeah. So the reason I'm calling Dan is because Danny told me that once he found out that we were doing Chicago on uh, Soft Shoulder, that Seventeen is one of his favorite albums ever. And <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, I listen to the whole thing. I know your music taste, and it's so far away from Chicago 17, it's not even funny. Like, yeah. Dan listens yeah. to, like, like mostly fucking metal. Like, as far as I know, right? Yeah, for the most part. Like, 
you know, I've, I've got a pretty broad kind of spectrum, like, but I think, like, there's certainly, like, Chicago's, like, one of the only kind of mainstays <laughs> for me, like, from, you know, that type of music anyways. That's like, so fucking weird to me, because, like, I can't even think of any bands like that that just, like, completely get off out of my radar that just come in to be, like... Like, to me, this would be the equivalent of me saying, like, yeah, like, you know, like, I have a pretty broad spectrum, but, like, fucking Backstreet Boys have been there for me since I was a kid. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, I really appreciate the, the production of uh, fucking, what's that video where they're all vampires? Oh, uh, Remember that yeah. one? He's like, uh, am I sexual? Yeah. Isn't it Backstreet's Back? Is that the one? I think it is. And they all go, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate. Yeah, man, that's a that's a that's a good tune. <laughs> You're the worst. Um, yeah, I know. I I can't help it, man. I love a good hook. Like if there's a you know, I'm not picky. Like if there's a good hook in a song, like I'm not you know even like you know the weekend. I like the weekend too. Like some of his songs are pretty good. Like I just find them catchy, right? Like, For sure. I mean, I I'm there know. with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I'm there, but like I can't see too many catchy things in Chicago. Like that's the problem with me is that like, like it, it's kind of well, catchy, but maybe it's like I know that you have like a like a um, like your dad listened to it a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So basically, like for me, it kind of started like I guess it goes back to uh, I know this album came out in '84, but it wasn't until like. It wasn't until probably, Jesus, when did, it was whenever Karate Kid Part 2 came out, basically, <laughs> when, is when, no, seriously, it was I like, 80, it. what's that, 89, 89 or 90, I'm trying to guess, but sure. uh, I have no idea, but, it, okay, so, basically, Peter Cetera had a song in that movie, and it was called Glory of Love. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is awesome. Like, this song kind of, like, you know, it matched the movie and everything. It was like an epic, like, you know, typical epic 80s love song, like David Foster produced, like. And uh, I was like, who's this guy? And uh, so I asked my parents, I was like, I was like, I really like this song. And they're like, oh, that's Peter Cetera. He's he used to sing in this band, Chicago. We and we have this album, like Chicago Seventeen. So, anyways, they uh, <clears throat> so they and I always heard it, anyways, right? Like I heard it at home, but for sure, I never really, I never really put two and two together. And of course, with the thing with Chicago, there's so many different singers too. Like you know, you have, I mean, at that point, I guess Cetera, it was kind of like flipping between Satara and the other fellow there, Robert Lamb. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it started for me. And, uh, and that was like the, I guess the main album that they had, cause that was like, that was the biggest selling album, like, and, and it had like, you know, you're the inspiration and hard habit to break and stuff. So that's, that's what they had and, and they were playing it and stuff. And I, I think it took a while for me to get into some of the tunes, like, Oh, like we, uh, we, can't stop we can stop the hurting like that one <laughs> yeah like when i listen to that one now i'm like this is 
this is awesome, right? Like, I don't even skip it. I'm like, this, this is pretty cool. Like, I, I couldn't make it through it. I listened to it tonight, and I, I, here's my notes. There's so much, like, keyboard slap bass, and then there's that part right before the bridge where it's just computer sounds for no reason. And I'm like, what is oh, yeah. happening? I know, man. Off the top, like, right off the top of the song, where it's like, like, it's awesome. Yeah, my notes say, this song sucks. Like, the electro slap bass <laughs> slash computer sounds. Great. Oh, man. Yeah. No, I, key- I get that. Like, It's the keyboard I, tone, like, man. The keyboard yeah, tone for the whole honesty, record kills me. Yeah. In all honesty, like, back then, like, I don't even think I would have had a CD, right, of this. No, it would have no been way. a, It would have been a cassette. So, like, you have to think, like, I ain't fast forward and like to try and find my favorite songs. So I would have just put on side one, right. And let it go until I, until I got to the songs that I liked. And then eventually, like I just started to, I just started to enjoy the <laughs> the other songs too. It's kind of like, it's kind of like with any other album, I guess that grows on you. You're like, you know, you don't like a song at first. You keep listening to it enough then. That's how I got into know, Hall but, Notes, man. That was like how I first got into Hall and Oates. It was like I think I don't know. I got like H two O or something and had Maneater on it, and then yeah, started listening to the rest of it. I was like, damn, this is a banger album. This is great. And then now I yeah. host a soft rock podcast. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, they. It's uh, I don't think like if they were today, like you know, and I had never heard of Chicago, and somebody said here you got to check out this album kind of like what I, what I was like what I said to you like it was like it's number 17 it's the best like if somebody if I had never heard it before and somebody said that to me it would probably be a little bit different story like but i think where i grew up on it um and i will i will say that like it's pretty much only this album for me right <laughs> like, oh, no 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 16 yeah, like if I like I've heard I've heard the most. It's also, another weird thing, like number seventeen. Why is it their fourteenth album? Uh, oh, it's because of live albums, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had a lot of times where, like, I think, yeah, like their live albums are also numbered. It's like uh, what other band does that? Nine Inch Nails does that shit too. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they call their. So this their, is like whatever. Halo seventeen. Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah, exactly. Halo 17. Yeah. Like, so, like, I'm not... I There's a few tracks that I like off other albums, like, you know, 16, what's the one? Uh, Hard to Say, I'm Sorry. That's a pretty good song. And yep. Couldn't stand to be kept away Just for the day From your You know, I like. I even like some of the really old stuff with, uh, <clears throat> with uh, Ter- is it Terry Kath? Is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Um, Something. Yeah, the the guy that that died, yeah. right? Yeah, color my world, and there's a, there's a couple other songs there that are pretty good. But um, yeah, like as a whole, like I wouldn't like you know I wouldn't say like Chicago's like my my favorite band <laughs> or anything, but like no Chicago um, Chicago tattoos. No, not yet. Anyways, just, I got a T-shirt. Just what? What's on the T-shirt? Uh, it's it's a Chicago T-shirt. I went to see them in concert. Oh yeah, I should tell you. What? Okay, where? Them. Yeah, uh, it was at the Metro Center. That's where my parents saw fucking Doobie Brothers. It was. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this was, geez, what year would it have been? It wasn't that long ago. Like, Pam and I were together, my wife Pam and I were together. Like, so it would have been, like, within the last 10 years. Okay. And so it was like, it was like me, my wife, my sister, and my parents, we all went to... Terry and Michelle Harvey? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the thing about this was their second time seeing them because they seen them like back in the eighties when Peter Cetera was actually with them. Damn. So they had, yeah, man, they seen them like during the golden era. But uh, so I uh, obviously Peter Cetera wasn't there and stuff like, and I still had a bit of interest, like, but um, it was it wasn't what I, it wasn't what I was expecting. Like they. I swear to God, it was like a four-hour concert. Of like, course, I, that doesn't the, surprise me at all. And and these guys were like in their, you know, how old they are. They're like in their seventies now, like <laughs> for sure. And uh, so, but they were giving her like it was like uh, you know they just they did play all their hits. Yeah. But it was like you know they'd play a hit and then there'd be ten songs where it would be like horns and stuff and you'd be like what is this and then they play another hit that didn't sound anything like what they just played for the last half hour and then they, <laughs> and then there'd be yeah so it just went on and on like that and i was like okay i'm glad i've seen them but like what was that <laughs> that's the way i feel about <laughs> that's the way i feel about listening to most of the discography i'm like yeah i don't really you know i don't hate it but what the hell did i just listen to like <laughs> they all started blending together. But and I'm like, yeah, Jesus. but like seventeen, like I think as a whole, like I think that's their. I don't know. I think that's if you were to show somebody like a Chicago album and say this is Chicago, I think that would kind of have like a bit of everything in it, like of what they represent or well, what at they least, are. You know, at least that era, because like this is a lot different yeah. than early Chicago, where it was like almost oh, rock, yeah. rock, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. Prog rock, with horny prog rock. That reminds me. I got to tell you this quick one. So I was, I was talking to my parents. I interviewed them last week about when they saw the Doobie Brothers, and I was talking, telling my mom mm-hmm. about doing this podcast. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Who should I do?" And she's like, "She's like, you should do one on traffic." She's like, "She's like, they're right horny." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> right horny? <laughs> sure, mom." <laughs> like, <laughs> So yeah. needless to say, I'm like st- knee deep in traffic slash Steve Winwood uh, 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 research oh right God. now, which is it's all right. I mean, I'm learning a lot. But so, what are your two? You told me already, but let's tell everybody else. What are your yeah. two favorite songs from this record? If you were like, you need to listen to these two. Yeah. Uh, so it's track the fifth song on the album. Remember the feeling. Yeah. So and then the last song. So it's like, it's actually the second like last are, song. Well, that that number eleven is a bonus track. Oh, actually. okay. I'm sorry. Like, that's that's not on the actual album. Once in a lifetime is the last okay. song on the album. So that was on a reissue. But five, so five. Remember the feeling. Yeah. And ten. Yeah. Once in a lifetime.
remember the feeling like I always thought that that was a David Foster song you know like just the just the way it sounds and I was really shocked to see that it wasn't and it was Peter Cetera and Bill Champlin oh shit okay and yeah and the other but the other one once in a lifetime I don't even know who this fella is here Panko it says wrote that song but just just Panko Panko. That's what it says. It's his last name. Hold Panko. on, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> yeah, James James Panko, he played trombone and horn arrangements. And he wrote Once in a <laughs> but, Lifetime. But he wrote the song, apparently. How does that, like... It's just all talking heads when I try to look up something that, and apparently Keith yeah, Urban has look, a song. Yeah, if you look at, just type, if you type in, like, uh, Chicago uh, personnel or Chicago band members, like, 70 people come up. Oh yeah, no, it's insane. Like, what, what the hell is going on? Like, just, it's so confusing too. Like, and even though I've seen them live, I have no idea who was singing. I have no idea. No, like, God, it could have been anybody. It could have been somebody's kid. Like, yeah. It could have been a roadie. Like that happens well, with all these just, bands, though, man. It couldn't have been Robert Lamb doing a bunch of the singing because he was like a, I don't know, he looked to be maybe in his forties. I'm looking or it something. up. So, yeah, I don't know. Lou like Lou Pardini. Yes, yeah, that's who, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Yeah, this guy wearing a leather jacket, mushroom cut? Did he have a mushroom cut at the time? He plays keyboard, he plays keyboard, he was singing, Um, he sat at the keyboard the whole night, but he like sang almost every song, I was like, who's that guy? Uh, I'll tell you right now, he was born in Omaha, Nebraska, but raised in Northern California. At three years old, Mm. his family moved to Fresno where his dad started his medical practice in internal medicine. By the age of five, his parents knows I had a talent for figuring out popular songs with the day and the piano, strictly by ear. Can you here, imagine? Here we, I know, right? At five years old, being like, oh shit, my kid's playing fucking <laughs> yeah. 20, 25 or 6 to 4. Be like, what? Here's, here's yeah. a quote from this guy who I've already forgot his name. Uh, I've lived and breathed music for as long as I can remember. As a child, I found myself on more than one occasion sitting in the principal's office for disrupting the class and singing in the middle of the teacher's lectures. In fact, my third grade report card included a note to my parents stating, Lewis studies continue to improve, but he frequently stands on his desk and does the modern dance whenever he chooses. What can I say? I thought that was normal behavior. <laughs> Uh, not so much. Why is there such a giant... There's like a huge bio on him on their website. That's wild. <laughs> on this on this new member. I guess. Lou Pardini. Lou, yeah. he's. It, I just looked him up. He's been with them since 2009. Oh, That's so like <laughs> just, over ten, just over 10 years. <laughs> Haven't they been around for 100 years? Yeah, I think they've been around since the 1600s, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> At least since the invention of the horn. Listen to this. As I'm, as I'm typing this, I'm traveling on the Chicago tour bus. We're on our way to our final show over a 2016 U.S. and Canadian tour with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, did, oh, any, did anybody open for them? Probably just Lou Pardini doing the modern dance. Oh, you mean, you mean when I seen them? Yeah, when you saw them. No, it was Chicago. It was Chicago. Man, was what a no bold move. Acts. That's such yeah. a bold move, just being like, no, just Chicago. Yeah, just it was Lou. like I seen I seen Rush. I went to see Rush and Rush. There was no opening act for Rush either. Yeah, but that's that's uh, whatever. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what I what I like about um, what I like about those two songs that I mentioned though, yeah. especially like Once in a Lifetime. They 
the keyboard hook in that is ridiculous. Like at the first of it, like. Do you know like, how what? the hell did you how did you guys come up with that like and it's like the you know the clapping off the top and stuff it's just a really well produced song like the whole album is like it's you know it's really well produced like did you, so many yeah. did you notice i'm gonna put this on on my computer right now that the song prima donna sounds mm -hmm. like this right you know what it is yet is that the raccoons? Uh, yeah, it's the fucking raccoons. Run with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's Prima Dawn. Right here. Oh, oh how's this go? Don't be afraid. <laughs> What's that girl's name who sings that? I have no idea. Run with us. We got oh. everything you need. That's what? a great song, man. Fuck, it's a good song. That's typical, typical 80s, you know. What I always envisioned, like, Chicago was, like, when I hear their music. Yeah. And even, like, even the stuff, like, that's not on this album, like, even the other stuff. But most, yeah. it's like, when I listen to it, I feel like this is what you'd be listening to in, the in like, the 80s when you're driving into, like, a big, giant city. Like, uh, I call it, like, big city rock. Like, it's like... What I... Like, you know. What I listen to when I'm going into a big city is this. <laughs> Do you know this? Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> Hold on, wait for it to kick. Oh, yeah, Chip and Dale. Oh, no. Ch -ch 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 yeah, that's good, man. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. Lisa, Lisa Lowheed was the girl who sang that raccoon song. I was just about to say that. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be the whole rest of my night. I got, like, work to do, but now I just want to keep listening to this shit. It's awesome, man. There's so many good 80s songs. Like, like... Even if you just go down the David Foster rabbit hole, like oh for sure, I, I, I'm a I'm a sucker for fucking '80s love songs. Like oh, same, obviously. You know, you know like Saint Elmo's Fire. The love theme from that is is a David Foster original. Like it's oh, there's what? so there's so many good. What other song you is that? Hear that one. Oh my god, that song. Uh, Wanna be a man in motion? All I need is a pair of wheels. I can do oh, the yeah, 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 flying yeah. higher and higher. <laughs> yeah. Yes, man. And then he goes, and then he just one. goes, "Say down was fire." <laughs> that one, but not that one, but the other one, the 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 love theme from it. It's like an instrumental that, that David Foster wrote. It's Sing. really good. John Parr? No, that's who sings "Say Down Fire." That's who sings "Man in Motion." Uh, yeah, Saint look Elmo's up David. Yeah, David Foster love theme from Saint Elmo's Fire. David Foster, oh, Saint Elmo's Fire. David Foster and Kenny G. Yeah, that's the one. Oh my God, the love theme. Ken Hold Kenny on. G. Kenny G does a sax solo. This? Yep. 
Hold up, I gotta That's hear it. One. I'm gonna fast forward a bit. Okay, let's get let's get to some candy. There he is. This is baby making music, man. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about that the other day, man. How the fuck is Kenny G famous? I don't know. Like, what's he playing? Like, it's like a flute with him I know better saxophone than him. You know what I mean? Like, it just makes no sense. Like, I I get like maybe like the the like. Oh my god! Now, sorry. Now I'm reading the comments. One person, the entrance song of my wedding, five days, five years back. One of the greatest melodies ever written. It just transcends time and space, says MGMGM14. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Like, I'm a big fan of REO Speedwagon, too. You know, like all that 80s. Oh, buddy, I gotta do. We're, we got an REO Speedwagon uh, episode coming soon. Hold up, we gotta hear okay. this one. Diane Reed, 10 months ago, says... What do you say about two amazing music artists? Uh, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Love Kenny G. He's just truly unbelievable and definitely has the most amazing heart. We will always love his sax and his unbelievable talent. Like, he doesn't even play saxophone, does he? What, is that, what does that mean? <laughs> the most amazing heart. Uh, he's Kenny G. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. What does he play? <laughs> sax. What kind of a sax? a regular sax no it's not a regular sax go look at that he plays it's a tenor saxophone yeah isn't that just a regular saxophone no because you're thinking of like i think like the big like one that's shaped like a j this one just looks like a fucked up like horn really kenny Kenny g plays the selmer mark six soprano alto and tenor saxophones he's created his own line of saxophones called get this Kenny G saxophones. Congratulations, you did it. Oh yeah, okay, I see that. But it's the same thing, like, like there's, yeah, it's just like straight, right? It's like a straight sax. I guess. That's weird. Is Kenny G religious? Somebody wants to know. But I guess when you when you have that hair though, then you can do that. Uh oh, who's his wife? I'm down such a rabbit hole. (laughs) Hold on. Are Kenny G and Michael Bolton friends? It's been 15 long years since saxophonist Kenny G and longtime friend and crooner Michael Bolton shared the same stage. Of course. G doesn't have a problem letting his band members shine. He gave up some of his time to his percussionist, Ron Pat. What? Does Kenny oh, G man. have a son? Is Kenny. <laughs> Did Michael Bolton try over Benny. Black Sabbath? Michael Bolton once auditioned to be in Black Sabbath, according to the band's Tony Iommi. The guitarist was speaking to Gibson TV last month in a lengthy interview which covered his life and career. What? I don't know, man. I'm just on a a fucking Google loop here. Can you imagine Michael Bolton? Okay, we're up to a half an hour. We gotta cut this. (laughs) So, okay. Chicago. End of of story. Chicago is the best. Baby, 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 baby.